Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Our hands and just pray that prayer. The disciples asked, How should they pray? Jesus responded, teaching them to pray that His kingdom would come and His will would be done. Lord, we want Your will to be done. God, we want Your kingdom to come. Hallelujah. Let Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Come on. Our world needs the kingdom of God to come. Hallelujah. All of the other forms of government have failed. We need the kingdom of God to come. Amen. We need the kingdom of God to come. In his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Guess how his kingdom is going to come to this earth. Amen. Any guesses? Tell your neighbor it's through you. It's through me. It's through us. It's through the people of God, the body of Christ. Amen. As we live out kingdom principles, as we live out the word of God, his kingdom. And I believe our world is looking for what we have. All the other forms of government are failing. Chaos and violence and lack of peace, anxiety and worry, fear everywhere. But the people, this is the hour for the people of God to stand up. And we need to pray like never before. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in me, God. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come through me. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a moment and greet four or five people. Welcome them to Living Hope. Amen. 
Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 Um, we used to sing that song. I was, everybody remember that? I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't know, I'm probably not in a key. I just make up my own keys. I'm like the locksmith, I just make my own keys. All right. Yeah, we want to have the ushers come right now. And uh, we have uh, some uh, announcements to make tonight. Amen. The world has Brangelina, or had them. I think they broke up. That was Brad and Angelina. But Living Hope has Brad Jarlina. Sister Jarlene, why don't you stand up and hold up your left hand real high. Yesterday afternoon, Brother Brad took Sister Jarlene to dinner. Very romantic, down on the Solomon's Pier. And after it was over, they went for a walk. And he stopped and got down on one knee. And Charlene said yes, as you might have guessed. Otherwise, I would not have been announcing them. But we want to congratulate Brad and Charlene on their engagement. Amen. We will we'll be getting more information to you as it becomes available as far as a date and a, all of that. But we're happy for them. We wanted to announce that. Amen. Uh, also, one other thing I want to ask us to pray together, uh, Brother Paul. Uh, has been in the hospital. I, I heard he was getting out today. I, I don't know if he is out. He has been dealing with vertigo. And uh, I know earlier this summer, I was in Colorado and the uh, elevation difference. I had vertigo for about 10 minutes. And I wanted, I literally thought I was going to die. It was about 10 minutes. Uh, the whole world was spinning. I was getting nauseous. And I, I, Brother Paul was dealing with that for a couple of days. And so we're thankful that he is home, I'm assuming, doing better. Amen. But we want to uh, continue to pray for Brother Paul for his recovery. Amen. And we're thankful that God has um, brought him back home. Amen. Amen. A couple of announcements. Uh, tomorrow is a corporate holiday. Uh, I think, is that right, federal holiday or corporate federal? And uh, so most of you are going to be off work. So we, we're not going to have corporate prayer tomorrow. Again, doesn't mean we're not going to pray. In fact, I encourage you, amen, there's nothing better than family prayer. So gather your family together, pray together, pray for the church, amen, pray for the needs of the body. If you don't have anything else to pray for, pray for your pastor, amen, and pray for one another. Uh, Wednesday, bi midweek Bible study, so the next three weeks we're going to be having uh, midweek Bible study, and then following those three we're going to enter into uh, three weeks of our small groups, and we're going to be communicating with all of you about that uh, as far as the different groups that where they'll be located and uh, how we're going to Wednesday night we're going to work on assigning that as to where 
where you'll participate. And again, the big part of why we're doing this particular small group setting is in preparation for uh, kind of a fire drill, just in case we're not able to come and meet together. Amen. Church isn't optional. All right. If we can't all come together, we still have to have church together. We still have to be able to meet together. Amen. You, you can't be a part of the body in isolation. That's called amputation. Things that are amputated die. Amen. You can't be amputated. You got to be a part of the body. So if we can't come together corporately for whatever reason, we're still going to have a way to come together. And small groups, we think, would be the best way to accomplish that. And so we're trying to get that structure in place. Uh, but anyway, midweek Bible study this Wednesday at uh, 6.30 prayer, 7 o'clock church. Friday, October the 15th, the hyphen are going to be meeting at the Henderson's house at 6.30. Amen. That's, uh, I think it's up to age 30, single or married. Uh, you're welcome to come. In, in fact, encouraged to come. And uh, they've got some exciting things they're going to be talking through. There's some transition that uh, that group is going to be going through. Very good exciting things that are going on, but you'll want to be there to be a part of that, help them plan out some events that are coming up. Ladies Conference will be in uh, at CLC in Imesville, November 4th through 6th. If you're planning to attend, you need to register, so see Sister Simpkins for more details. Amen. Let's stand together, and uh, that's to make it easier to get to your wallets or your phones or however you give. And uh, again, if you're watching online to our e-family, I think we're still on Facebook tonight. Is that accurate? We're still on Facebook tonight. Uh, so we want to encourage you, if you could text 240-256-4175 with the names of those that are in your household uh, watching. And then also, if you'd like to give online, the information is on the screen, both uh, if you're watching online at home and here in the church. So let's join together and pray right now. For the Lord to bless as we give Jesus. We thank you for, again, allowing us to be here tonight. We thank you for the great things that you are doing. We thank you, Lord, for the miracles, signs, and wonders. We're believing, God, that the greatest days of the church are yet ahead of us. We ask right now, Lord, as we give into the work of your kingdom, that you would bless it, Lord, multiply it. Help us, God, to reach our community with the only life-changing message, the only eternity-altering message, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The ushers are coming right now to receive the tithes and offering. And uh, as they are, Brother Andre, if you want to play something to make people happy. All right. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So play a happy little tune there while, while the ushers are coming. And you can take a moment to greet one another again. And uh, there, I feel better already. I don't know what that is, but that's just a happy jig that you're playing right now. Try it again. I was glad. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, 
this a little more formally, but on a Sunday night when it's mostly just the church body, I want to take a moment, and uh, we're so happy to have Gary and Crystal Lale joining Living Hope. We're so thankful to have them as a part of our church body, along with Angel Darius and Gabrielle. She's asleep. That's all right. I think we should give them a standing ovation and welcome them to Living Hope. So, so this is super exciting. We've got a couple new families that are planning to make Living Hope their home. The Harrison family. <laughs> Brother and sister Harrison, Colton, and Kanaya. We are so excited. Amen. So we just, we want to welcome you guys. You've been around for a little while, but it's official. I think, right? Okay, it is now. Even if you weren't decided, I just decided for you. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yes, we are so excited. So be sure you guys get to know these families and make them feel welcome. And y'all be on the lookout because at Living Hope, you, come, you start coming regularly and we're going to put you to work. So just get ready. <laughs> and I don't know that it's official yet, but Jer Jarell and Ruth, Alexander have been coming for about a month now, and I'm just assuming that they're at least thinking about joining Living Hope, so I'm just going to add some pressure and let them know that we're glad they're here tonight, and we just feel like they fit in here, and we pray that they feel welcome. Amen. Brother Jarrell has been a friend of mine for many years. Uh, when we were in our mid-20s, I think we first met uh, when we were working together at youth camps. And uh, that wasn't too long ago, about five years ago or so, give or take. Uh, but we want to welcome them, amen, and uh, certainly the door uh, of, of invitation and, and the door of joining here is open to you all. I know we haven't made that official, but I just want you guys to know we're glad you're coming. And uh, certainly if there's anybody else around and you're uh, hanging around too long, we've got, we just got a way of pulling you in. And uh, amen. So anyway, that's all. I just want to take a moment and introduce some of these new families to you. So if you get a chance, make sure you uh, shake hands with the Lale family. Let them know that we're glad they're here. And the Harrison family and the Alexanders, let them know we're glad they're here. But let's give Jesus praise. Amen. Because 
for the good things he has done. Amen. Amen. If you would turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. Amen. 1 Kings 17 and verse number 8. There is a um, graphic back there. Sorry, I didn't give you guys a heads up on that. I'll give you a moment to find it. Um, wisdom, wisdom from a widow is the uh, folder that it's under. If not, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that pretty graphic that I work for hours to I'm kidding. We lost them both now. We should have been just satisfied with what we had. Hannah, first time back there. and I'm, It's not in there? All right. Go back to your pretty graphic that you had. There we go. No. All right, you all have your Bibles. If you want to read it, there's a screen back there if, if it doesn't show up on this one. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying... Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So the prophet Elijah arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. As she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after... Make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The burial of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he in her house did eat many days. The burial of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Amen. And I, I'm not going to preach really long tonight. I think I put most of my voice into this morning. So I don't know how long I could preach. But I do want to preach for a few minutes. Amen. On this thought, wisdom from a widow. Amen. The Lord bless you. You could be seated. Amen. And I, I want to just pause real quick for a, a commercial break of sorts. And I want to encourage you all. Um, the way that we do services here at Living Hope, I really don't think that you can have a growing, thriving um, relationship with God that's being nourished in the local church just from what we do at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. It's really not what we do on Sunday morning in the 11 o'clock service is not intended um, to be all that you need. All right, I like pancakes in the morning, but I need more than that. Right, I need I need something at lunch. I need something at dinner. Amen. And what I get at breakfast serves a different purpose than what I get at lunch. And what I get at lunch serves a different purpose than what I get at dinner. And on Sunday morning, 
the main thing that we're trying to do is we're preaching, we're preaching the gospel. We're trying to, because we know that's the main service that our guests are coming to. And so we want to declare the gospel for people that might be coming that haven't heard the gospel before. We want to present an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel, come to an altar of repentance, amen, to respond in, in waters of baptism, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's our really our primary purpose on Sunday morning. Now certainly, hopefully you can get something out of it. But it's, what, we, what we do, first of all, I'll say in the 10 o'clock hour in teaching, amen, preaching will never do what teaching can do, just like teaching will never do what preaching can do. Teaching builds foundation, whereas preaching builds structure, and you need both, amen. If you build a house without a foundation, it's not going to last very long. But if you just build foundation, you're not going to have much shelter from the storm. You've got to have both. And then Sunday night is really preaching to the body. All right, what, what God has given me for tonight wouldn't, probably wouldn't do very well on a Sunday morning. All right, but I know who I'm preaching to tonight. I'm preaching to the body of Christ. I'm preaching to the church. I'm preaching to people that are grounded in the gospel, and I'm trying to take us a little bit further, all right? Amen. So that was just a little plug. Amen. Um, 10 o'clock really isn't that early on a Sunday. All right, most days of the week, by 10 o'clock, we're halfway through a work day. All right, we've already done our two-mile run, our 500 sit-ups. I read that somewhere that people did that one time. Uh, we've, we've done our, our morning routine. We're halfway in the work day. It's really not that early. All right, so I do want to encourage you. Come to Sunday school. I sang a song last week before we started Sunday school that I think my wife and daughters voted that I don't do that again, but it... Everybody ought to go to Sunday school. Anybody remember that song? Right? We would all shout it out. The men, the women, the boys, and the girls, everybody. Amen. It was a catchy little tune. Amen. And I'm not singing it again, Brother Britt. I got in trouble last time. All right. First Kings chapter 17, a story that we've uh, rehearsed, preached from, read many times. Familiar story about this widow. And I want to... Uh, I believe in studying this widow and her response and her interaction with the prophet Elijah, I believe it's very fitting to the hour that we are in right now. Amen. Very fitting to the circumstances that we are facing right now. The decisions that are made by this widow woman can give us wisdom in decision. How many of you are in a, a decision-making season of life right now? You're trying to make decisions and and, and you're trying to... Uh, how many of you want to make good decisions? All right, if you're not here and you don't want to make good decisions, nothing I'm going to say tonight is going to help you. If you're just like, I want to make the dumbest decisions I can make and mess up my life as bad as I can, then I'm probably not the right guy uh, to try. I want to, I want to help you make good decisions. And I believe that the surroundings, in many ways, the, the, the very uh, surroundings of this passage of Scripture are very similar to the hour that we are living in. The first thing that I want to bring out from this passage is the Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 17 that God speaks to the prophet Elijah and he tells him to go to Zarephath and he says, I want you to stay there and he says, I have, I have commanded. Everybody say, have commanded. All right. I'm already dealing with a widow woman that is there. Amen. I'm already dealing with. And when God is leading you to do something, when the Spirit is leading you to do something, we've got to have confidence that we're in a partnership with God. Amen. That God's not going to move you to do something that He's not already working on the other side of that. 
How many times do we see in the gospel that Jesus would say, we're going to the other side, and when they got there, there was a demoniac that needed to be delivered that was waiting there. That wasn't accidental. That was Jesus that was working on this side of the river and on the other side, amen, on this side of the Sea of Galilee and on that side, amen. There are no coincidences, and you got to know that when God is, when, when the Spirit moves you and says, witness to that waitress, Amen. I was able to witness to my waitress at Longhorn the other day. Monique. <laughs> She's here tonight. Well, what a great testimony. She grew up here, so it's not as exciting. But uh, anyway, we love you, Mom. But when God moves on you and you feel that urge, you know, we go through the battle. Well, maybe it's the devil. The devil's never going to tell you. To test, if the, the devil's never going to tell you to go tell somebody your testimony. The devil's never going to encourage you to go speak to that individual and tell them that Jesus loves them, all right? So number one, you can discount that. The devil's not going to tell you. Secondly, more, more than likely, your flesh isn't going to tell you to do that, all right? Your flesh is not going to tell you to humble yourself and put yourself out there to go and tell somebody that Jesus loves them. And we have to have confidence that if God is moving me to do something, he's already been working on that individual, He's preparing them for this encounter. When Jesus went to the woman at the well and he asked her for water, he already knew he'd been preparing her for a while for this interaction. She was thirsty for water, but she really was thirsty for more than just water from the well. She was thirsty for water that you can drink of and never thirst again. And God says to the prophet, don't worry, I'm already dealing with this widow woman. I'm already speaking to her that she needs to provide. She needs to sustain you when you get there. And so the prophet shows up in Zarephath in the middle of a famine. The famine that was a result of a drought. A drought that was a result of his prophetic word. The man of God. So now, anybody ever done something from the Lord and it feels like it comes around and, you know, kind of kicks you in the, in, in the seat of the pants? Right, you do, you do something for God and you're like, man, I thought I was doing the right thing and now it seems like I'm getting, you know, uh, the, the boomerang effect and I'm just trying to do the right thing for God. And so here he comes, he walks into Zarephath in the middle of a drought that has produced a famine, a drought, no waterfall. And the first thing he asks her for is water in a vessel. Amen, water in a vessel. Now, we know it's not too far removed from when Elijah had spoken to Ahab back in the first verse of 1 Kings chapter 17, and he prophesied unto him that there was going to be a drought. From there, Elijah would go to the brook Cherith, and a brook is a small, it's my daughter one, but it's also a small, sorry, Brooke, a small body of water. All right? it's, not a, it's not a river, it's just like a, a small moving, trickling bottle of water, body of water, not bottle, body of water. This morning I started out stumbling and got better. Today it's going the other way. It's getting worse as we go. It's, it doesn't take much. Just a few days of, of a drought and a brook will dry up. But, but God says to Elijah, go to the brook Cherith and wait there and I'm going to take care of you. And so he does. He goes to the brook and, and the Bible tells us that ravens feed him. And that's pretty awesome, right? I mean, you got to be pretty hungry. I don't know if a raven's dropping off 
you know, I, I'm not sure how it came. Maybe it was McDonald's. The raven was picking up Chick-fil-A and dropping it off. Maybe it was roadkill the raven found and dropped it off. I don't know what it was. But whatever it was, it was God had provided it. And so the ravens are bringing the food to Elijah. He's there by the brook and he's eating the food that the ravens are bringing him in the morning and in the evening. And then he's drinking water from the brook. And then the Bible says that, after a little while, it comes to the point that the brook has dried up. I mean, the drought has now had an impact to where the brook has dried up. And now he says, the word of the Lord speaks and says, Arise and go to Zarephath, because I've already been dealing with a widow woman that is going to provide for you. And I believe that from the actions of this widow woman, as the man of God comes to town and says to this widow woman first, and foremost, get me a vessel of water that I believe that there's wisdom that we can draw from the reaction and the response of this widow woman. Amen? Because when the prophet shows up, the brook has already dried up. Now, where, where Zarephath is at is, is, I think it's what I read on the map, it's about uh, 90 miles south of Sidon, right on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. And so you might think, well, you know what? It, just because the brook Cherith dried up doesn't mean Zarephath is okay because they're next to a body of water. But the Mediterranean Sea is higher salt content than the Atlantic Ocean. Right? It's not water that you're going to drink from. Anybody ever tried to drink salt water? I have unintentionally. I grew up, we'd go down and swim in the Chesapeake Bay. And down at Point Lookout, we'd get in the water and swim. And you'd get all excited and go to yell. And the next thing you know, a wave comes and... And it's disgusting. It's not good for you. I know that. This was high content salt water. It's not water that you could drink from and be refreshed. And so when the man of God comes and shows up, all of the provision of water has dried up. And yet when the man of God says to this woman, go and get me a vessel full of water, the Bible tells us she goes without hesitation. And this, this is practical wisdom right here. We'll get to some spiritual things. But here's your first source of wisdom from this widow woman. The widow woman has ensured that she is ready for the famine. When the greatest need of the hour was water, she didn't hesitate because she had a resource to go to. And I, I want to say this tonight. It's wise to be aware of what is going on so that you can be prepared. Now, I don't, again, I told you, I think it's stupid. I'm sorry. Um, foolish. Sorry, that was slipped out on me. It's foolish to be glued to CNN, Fox News, any of those. Because there's more negative than positive coming out. However, I do think we need to be aware of what's going on in, in the world around us so that we can be prepared for what might come. Amen. Again, this is not spiritual in nature, but... If you have been watching the news, you'll know that the supply chains that bring food into our nation are all backed up. They're out there in the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. They're, they're not getting on to... I don't, is this new news to anybody? Okay, y'all are aware of this? Okay, they're, they're saying as you, that's gonna, the trickle-down of that is that probably before long, the food supplies, the restaurants and, 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 and grocery stores is going to not be there. Here's some... Wisdom from the widow woman. Get you some canned goods. All right? Well, pastor, this is not spiritual. I told you it wasn't. This is practical. 
Now, I'm not talking about hoarding. I'm not saying run out of here right now and go to the grocery store and buy every can of green beans they've got. All right, but I, I am saying that if it comes to it and there's not food, amen, that it's wisdom to have some supplies at your home so you can provide for your family. Okay, don't go buy every roll of toilet paper in Southern Maryland. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about hoarding, but I am saying it's smart to be prepared for what is coming. At our house, we got about six cases of water. And that's all I'm going to tell you about what I got because if it comes, I don't want everybody at my house, hey, we heard you got water. All right? That's why I'm telling you now, get your own water. All right? There's still plenty there. But it's, it's foolish not to at least be aware of what's going on. And so then when it comes, we're not prepared. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, you need, you, need to be, you need to be aware of some things that are coming even in the physical realm because what spiritual good are you if you don't have your provisions taken care of? Do I believe God can take care of you? Yes, I do. And that's why he gave you a preacher tonight to tell you, take care of yourself. All right, sometimes he sends ravens and sometimes he sends somebody to give you a word and say, get ready. All right, ain't no ravens coming to feed you probably. All right, but there's a, on the way home tonight, there's a food line you'll drive by, and there's a giant, and there's a Harris Teeter, and there's a, uh, several others you can stop by. And yesterday when I went, there were still lots of supplies there. Again, I'm not talking about hoarding. I'm not talking about fear. I'm not talking about panic. I'm just talking about wisdom and being prepared for what might be coming. All right? Tell your neighbor, it doesn't hurt to be prepared. Worst case scenario, Somebody figures out how to get all of the, the goods off the ships and, and it never happens and you've got more green beans than you know what to do with. And next year at our, our Memorial Day weekend picnic, we can all make green bean casseroles. All right? I know at our house we've got so much fruit cocktail. If, you're, if you ever want fruit cocktail, we are your source for fruit cocktail. Now, if it gets into a pinch, I'm going to sell that stuff on eBay for like $10 a can. All right? And seriously, be prepared, okay? Be prepared for what might be coming. Secondly, and now we'll move to some more spiritual applications of the wisdom of this widow woman. The Bible tells us as she is going to get water to bring the prophet, he calls out and asks her, bring me a cake. Her response is, I don't have a cake. She says, I do have a little meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. But what she says next provides us spiritual wisdom for the hour that we are in. Because here's what she says next. Behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. Now, that's not the wisdom. I'm not telling you you need to get two sticks and go die. Sometimes we get wisdom not from what people do, but from what they don't do. And this particular part of wisdom is we need to be careful of the mindset that this widow woman is adopting. Now the object in question in this particular passage of scripture is a handful of meal that's in a bottom of a barrel and a little bit of oil that's in a cruise. That's that's the object at hand, right? But the man of God says, take that handful of meal and that oil and make me a cake. Her response is, amen, that's the object at hand here. But the bigger picture is that God has already been dealing with her about providing a cake for the man of God. 
God's already been dealing. This is not the first time that she is feeling that I need to make a cake for the man of God. Before the man of God ever asked for a cake, God was already speaking to her about making. She knew who that handful of meal was for. She knew who the oil was for. But now she's looking around her at her surroundings. She knew the man of God was coming. It was only a matter of time. And when he gets here, I've got to make him a cake. And if it would have been five days earlier when there were five handfuls of meal in the barrel and five helpings of oil in, the, in that cruise of oil, it would have been easier. But now she's looking at the last handful of meal and the last drops of oil. And she's saying, I know what God is asking me to do, but the setting and the surrounding around me don't look like what God is asking me to do. What I feel God asking of me and what I see around me don't align. There's something stirring in the supernatural that seems to be contrary with my circumstances. God, I know that you're dealing with me about making a cake for the man of God, but the meal in the barrel and the oil in the cruise don't seem to be aligning with what you're doing on the inside of me. What is stirring in my spirit doesn't seem to be aligning with what is happening in my surroundings. Now the meal and the oil are just the object in this story. But the greater principle that applies to 2021, a man that applies in a midst of circumstances like we've never seen before, there's a greater principle. No, today it's not about a, a, a little bit of meal and some oil, but it's a greater battle about what is stirring on the inside of you and what you see around you. Amen. It's about what God is asking of you and dreams that God is giving you and vision that God is speaking to you that don't seem to align with today's culture and climate. And I can either respond to what my spirit is speaking or I can surrender to my surroundings. I can either, the spirit had been dealing with that widow woman, you're going to make a cake for the man of God. You're going to sustain the man. He can't be sustained just by water. You know it's got to take more than water. And so the spirit is leading her to make a cake for the man of God. But since she looks around her and says, I know what I feel in my spirit, but what I see around me doesn't align with what I feel in my spirit. And I can either respond to what the spirit is speaking or I can surrender to my surroundings. And I can adopt a one last cake and die mentality. Here is what I know. And here's what I want to preach to this church for a few minutes tonight. I know that the enemy is working to create a climate of hopelessness. I know the enemy is working to create a climate right now. Why should I dream dreams? Why should I have vision? It looks like our world is falling apart. Why should I plan for the future? It doesn't look like we have one. Why should we plan for phase two? It doesn't look like the church will even be around. But I know what I feel in my spirit. And I know what God is saying. Some of you in this building, God has given you dreams and vision. But you got to be careful not to get a one last cake and die mentality. It's not time to stop dreaming dreams. It's not time to let go of vision. 
I'm not going to show up to church on Sunday like I'm making one last cake and then I'm going to die. I'm showing up like there's revival. Does anybody else feel that? Does anybody, do y'all feel what I'm talking about? I feel that frustration. That's how, that's the only way I can put it. I, my wife knows this. It's no surprise to her. I've probably told her a thousand times in the last year and a half. I feel all these dreams on the inside of me, this vision that I feel is growing, and yet at the same time, I don't see how it's possible. I see God saying there's great things he wants to do in the future of this church and in the future of ministry, and yet I look around me and I say the climate is not right, and it builds frustration on the inside of me, and I've got a choice to make. I can either make a cake for the man of God, or I can make one last cake and die. This church can either believe for revival or we can just throw in the towel and give up. We can just give in to the surroundings and the circumstances around us. Or we can say, you know what? God's been building a dream in this church. God's been giving us vision. No matter what you do, whether you make a cake for the man of God or you make one last cake and die, it's still the same handful of meal and it's still the same handful of oil. And whether you come to church and sit there like you're going to die or you come to church and get on your feet and give God praise, it's still the same handful of meal and the same oil. I need somebody to get a hold of a vision. I need somebody to grab a hold of a dream. How are we going to have revival in a culture that seems to be turning against? These are questions I've asked. How are we going to build phase two when it seems like the culture is turning against the church? How are we going to be a church of 10,000, which has been promised over and over throughout the 40 years of this church? If the culture and the climate seem to be turning against, I don't know. All I know is there's a handful of meal and a little bit of oil, and I can either make one last cake and die, or I can get a hold of the dreams that God has given me. So I'm asking somebody in this building tonight, I know what it looks like around us, but you got to get a hold of your dream. We have to believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead of us. The enemy is working to create a climate of hopelessness. Widow woman, I know what I feel inside of me. It's been stirring. Before that man ever walked into town, God was dealing with me about the future. God was dealing with me about making this man a cake, but I'm down to my last handful. I'm down to the la that last cruise of oil. And what I feel on the inside of me and what I see around me don't seem to align. And now you've got a choice to make. And now I'm talking to the church tonight. Again, I know who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to men and women in this building that God has given you dreams. And he's given you vision for your children. And he's given you vision for your family. And you've got some meal in the barrel. And you've got some oil in the cruise. But now you got to decide what will you do with the meal in the barrel. It's not time to give up. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to walk away. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a cake for the man of God. I'm going to believe for the future.
I battled it. I feel God speaking dreams and vision. And then there's this part of me that's so frustrated. God, why are you giving me dreams and vision? Why would you speak to me about a future when it, when it seems pretty clear to me there is no future? I'm just being honest with the things I've thought. And I would, tell, I would tell you that it has created within me a cataclysmic frustration. Just frustrated because I know what I feel stirring. But then I look around me and I know what I see. The only way I can put it is it's like being given the keys to a Porsche. And then them telling you, but don't leave the parking lot. All this power and I can't stay in the driveway with the Porsche. You can drive it as far as you want, just don't leave the driveway. You can go as fast as you want, just don't leave the driveway. Here's a new sailboat, just don't take it out of the pond. You can sail around your little circle. And that's what I feel on the inside of me, these dreams and this vision stirring inside of me. And then I look around me and it's like all of this dream and desire for the future and then I look around me at a hopeless world I look around me at hopeless circumstances and it's creating a frustration on the inside of me here's the clue though I've got to have the wisdom of a widow and I've got to make a decision what will I do will I listen to the voice on the inside of me will I respond to the vision and the dreams that God has spoken to me or will I respond to what I see around me I say to somebody tonight, don't give up. Don't let that hopelessness kill your dream. Don't let that hopelessness kill your desire. Don't let that hopelessness put out your fire. This woman is about to be robbed of a miracle of abundance by a spirit of hopelessness. We cannot gather sticks to make one last meal and die. So many churches in this hour are adopting a let's just hold on till Jesus comes mentality. That's, a, that's, that's gathering sticks, making one last meal and dying mentality. Let's just do whatever we can do to survive this. Let's just do whatever we can do. If we need to have online church, if, if we need to, you know, just... I'll send out a CD and y'all can listen to me. That's a survival mentality. Amen. That's not what God is speaking to me. Yes, that may be what circumstances around me say, but that's not what God is speaking to me. Amen. It's not time to adopt a survival mentality. It's not time to adopt a hopeless mentality. And I rebuke the lie of the enemy that would lead us and back the church into a corner of martyrdom. It's not the hour for you to be a martyr. It's the hour for you to be a revivalist. I thank God for every martyr that laid down their life. But I think what God is looking for in this hour is not people that will lay down their life, but for people that will live their life. So I'm asking you tonight to get this wisdom. Don't gather sticks. Take your measure of meal and your oil and make your last cake and die. Don't give in to the dark clouds of hopelessness. And maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. 
And if I am, just allow me to preach to myself and clap for me if nobody else. But I'm, I, I don't believe it's just me. I believe that the enemy attacks me first as the shepherd of this church. But I believe that what I'm feeling, you all are also feeling. And it's the enemy trying to back us under a weight of hopelessness where we won't believe God for revival, where we won't believe God for greater things. Amen. And we take our measure of meal and our oil and we make one last cake and die. I need somebody to help me right now and speak faith. We're not going to die. This church is not going to die. We're not going to wither away. We're not going to take the measure of meal. We're not going to take the oil and make one last cake and die. We didn't come tonight to gather sticks. We didn't come tonight to gather sticks so we could have one last meal and die. We're not just going to hold the fort until Jesus comes. We're going to take this city for the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody help me rebuke the spirit of hopelessness. Rebuke the lie of the enemy. Rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Come on, loose your dreams right now. Loose your vision. Loose what God has spoken to you. Loose the dream of the future. Loose the vision for what God has spoken. I need somebody in the Holy Ghost to look out through that wall. In the Holy Ghost, I need you to see in vision. I need you to see phase two over there. I need somebody to look in vision and eyes of vision and see a daughter work in Leonardtown. I need somebody to look through vision and see a daughter work in Calvert County. Come on, in the name of we're not going to die. God's been speaking to us a long time about our future. I don't know how he'll sustain it. I don't know how he's going to bring it to pass. But I know long before this night, God's been speaking to this church. Long before we stepped into the, the, the uncertainty of 2020 and 2021, God was speaking to us about our future. Come on, Dad and Mom, I need you to have vision for your family. Don't you dare give up on your family. Don't you dare give up on your children. Don't you dare let the climate of this world cause you to throw in the towel and give up. Stand with me. The last thing that I would bring to our attention from this passage, that as internally she's wrestling, she has a decision to make. Either she can respond to what the Spirit has been speaking and go and make that man of God a cake, or she can go and make one last cake and die. There's only enough meal in the barrel for one. She doesn't, have, she doesn't have the opportunity, at least it doesn't appear, to say, well, I'll do both. There is no C, all of the above. It's A or B. Either A, you're going to live for the future and what God has been speaking to you, or B, you're going to give in to the hopelessness of the hour that you're in. 
one or the other. you got to choose what are you going to do with your meal that's in the barrel. What are you going to do with your oil? In the, you can't do both. Living hope, we can't do both. Either we're going to press forward in the future in faith believing, or we're just going to kind of hunker down and try to hold on till Jesus comes. But we can't do both. And so as she's leaving, the prophet in verse 13 says one last phrase to her, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. He said, fear not, don't be afraid. He said, I want you to do what you said. Go make your cake. That's what you said you were going to do. He said, but whatever you do, don't do it out of fear. Whatever you do, don't do it out of fear. You've got a big decision to make. But whatever decision you make, don't make it out of fear. If you go forward and make your decision, not based on fear, not based on the circumstances around you, but based upon what God has been speaking to you before this drought ever came, God was speaking to you. And if you respond not out of fear but out of faith, you'll never run out of meal in the barrel. And you'll never run out. If you want to make a cake for you and your boy first, whatever, just don't make it out of fear. Now she has, as she walks off, She's got a decision to make. She walks in that house. She pries the lid off of that barrel and she looks in and scoops that last handful of meal out of that barrel. And she goes to the cupboard and grabs that cruise of oil and pops the top out of that cruise and begins to pour it into the, the pot to stir together to make her cake. She's got a choice to make. What will I do with my cake? Amen. And I believe that God is speaking to this church. There's wisdom in this hour. I know some of you are making big decisions. You're making decisions on your jobs. They're telling you, you've got a choice to make or you're going to lose your job. I've met with more than one of you. Pastor, what do I do? And I can't tell you what to do. I can't make that decision for you. All I can tell you is, don't do it out of fear. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all with me right now? Whatever you do, do not do it out of fear. Because you cannot walk in fear and faith at the same time. If you start making decisions out of fear, you have already decided your destiny. enough faith to believe that if I respond in faith, God's going to make sure there's meal in the barrel. If I respond in faith, there's oil in the cruise. And I know you're making big decisions right now, but you can't afford to make them out of fear. If you make this decision out of fear, it will be your last cake. If you make this decision out of fear, it will be the last of the meal in the barrel. And there will be no oil because God only responds to faith. I know that prophet couldn't make her decision for her. All he did was kind of connected with what he knew God was already speaking to her and he said fear not whatever you do widow woman don't do it out of fear whether you give that cake to your boy or you bring it to me 
Don't you take one ladle out of your cupboard to start stirring that mix together out of fear. Don't you do it out of fear because if you do, can I tell you, I know we list all the sins in the book of Revelation where it says those that will have their part in the lake of fire. Right? The adulterer and the fornicator and the thief and the liar and all those, man. Yeah, we get on our, yeah, yeah, they're all, anyway, hopefully we don't respond that way anyway. We don't want anybody to go to hell, right? But did you know the fearful is named among them? The fearful. Those who try to live for God in fear. And I just have enough faith tonight to believe, and I know some of you are making big decisions. I can't make this decision for you. All I can do is tell you before you go and make your last cake, before you go and take that last handful of meal, amen, no matter which decision you make, make sure that it's not being motivated by fear. Make sure that it's being motivated by faith. Make sure you're believing that God's going to take care of me. Make sure you're believing God is going to sustain me. If this is the last cake I make, I'm going to make it in faith. If it's the last cake I make, I'm going to make it doing what God has called me to do. God is speaking to his church in this hour. Fear not. Fear not, church. It's not time to be afraid. It's not time to get afraid. It's not time to be led by fear. It's not, it's not time to start making decisions out of fear. I know what it looks like around us, but it's not time to be led by fear. Our greatest hours are ahead of us. Our greatest days are ahead of us. Once you get the hand of your neighbor right now, I want us to lift those hands together. And I want us to rebuke the spirit of fear out of this congregation. Listen, again, I know some of you are making big, big, big decisions. It's going to impact everything you do. It's going to impact your family. It's going to impact your livelihood. And I'm not telling you what decision to make. All I'm telling you is that you can't make your decisions out of fear. What is God speaking to you? What's stirring in your spirit right now? What has God been dealing with you about? Don't you dare make one last cake and die. God's not finished with you. Don't you dare throw in the towel this close to the coming of the Lord. God is not finished with you. Fear not, living hope. Fear not, our God is a God of abundance. Fear not, he knows how to multiply the meal. He knows how to multiply the oil. So before we dismiss, I want to ask you, I want every one of you right now to apply the Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com.